3: In five, four, three, two, one. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Genius Brain Podcast in the new beautiful studio. We have Pete on the mic over there. What's hey, up, Pete? everyone? Pete with the long dong. Always going to be that, by the way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I wish I had a reputation like that. And then we got Ryan with the stubby dick. Make one for me. <laughs> hey, hey. <laughs> we got stubby dick Ryan, dude. It looks like a laser pointer battery.
4: I want one like Pete. <laughs>
3: Fine, dude. We got the Filipino the <laughs> Laser
4: know. pointer battery.
3: Shit <laughs> <laughs> is fucking this small, dude. <laughs>
4: Damn. Erect. Damn it.
3: Yeah. <laughs> oh. no. So we were just talking about this earlier where I had this weird obsession with watching like Bollywood films.
4: <laughs> you uh, sure you wanted to use that as a segue later? Yes, I do. A hundred percent. All right. <laughs>
3: So if you guys have never watched Bollywood films, they are so... And even series. So Netflix had this point where they were just acquiring all this like Indian film and uh, cinema. TV shows, long series, short form, whatever the fuck that it was. And there was this... I don't remember the actual name, but I wish somebody could tell me. But it was... I don't even know what the fuck it was about, but I would be crying laughing every fucking night because of how ridiculous it is. Like when with some of these series would make the main character a superhero, Uh they would do it to the 10th degree, (laughs) right? So for example, like if we have like an American show and this person is a secret agent... They're very good at shooting, killing, and attacking people. Well, in the Indian Bollywood version of that, he's catching a rocket launcher with his bare yeah, hands, <laughs> right. flipping it up into the sky, <laughs> shooting a satellite down, grabbing <laughs> debris, and then stabbing in somebody's eye. <laughs> right? That's their version of everything. <laughs> and you would see these stuff like on TikTok. It's the best, dude. And you would think that they're only picking out like one or two shows. Not true. A lot of them are like that. There was this one episode, I posted it on a story years ago, where I was crying laughing because there was this whole thing where they were doing like a spiritual battle in the spiritual world, which I don't even know how they got there. <laughs> and so this guy is fighting this person the whole time. And out of nowhere, the person that he's fighting in the spiritual realm turns into an eagle. Don't know how. Oh, good. There was no premise for him turning into an eagle, but he turns into an eagle, right? And out of nowhere, by the way, they were fighting for like 20 minutes. He turns into a fucking eagle.
4: On the 20th minute, it's like yeah. eagle time. And then he turns into
3: an eagle <laughs> out of nowhere. Yeah. The guy that he's fighting somehow pulls a gun from his back and shoots him from the sky. <laughs>
4: that's the rebuttal for
3: shape-shifting? Yeah, but 20 minutes you had a gun on you.
4: Dude, that's genius. That's genius. <laughs>
3: and then out of nowhere he has a handgun and he shoots the eagle <laughs> from the sky. I cried <laughs> laughing so fucking hard. On In this same show... There is a scene – this is the ghettoest thing I've ever seen. So there's a dog chase. This dog is chasing this person and they're trying to get this shot of the dog jumping over like Uh a fence or some type of object. (laughs) Yeah. And they have to get the undershot, right? Right. But this dog isn't a trained dog. So do you know what that cut was? The dog jumps. And then you see the person's hand, and he's throwing the dog. <laughs> and the you dog. Can see the launch. We see the launch of the guy still, his hands in frame of him throwing the dog, and the dog's body are starting sideways because <laughs> it, <laughs> it wasn't on purpose, <laughs> and it made the final cut. I'm not even fucking lying. I cried laughing till like my belly hurt watching this show. Is this an old old show? No, it was. This came out I think during pandemic. <laughs> So Dad, this was their like three dog years
4: laws ago. are that liberal.
3: Fucking chutia, motherfucker! And he just throws this dog. Dog! It cracked me the fuck up, man. Just tossed it. I I can't believe how it's like not supposed to be funny, but it's inadvertently the funniest thing. <laughs> like you see that clip of that girl who was uh, it was it's this very famous thing that you saw like on TikTok and mm-hmm. Instagram where she ends up killing herself by choking herself out. on Yeah,
4: on the little curtain, the little drape. But she, like, spun into it after, like, a...
5: Oh! <laughs>
4: <Yeah>. <laughs> and then they're all just watching it happen. They're just like...
5: Yeah,
3: just yeah. fucking shock this shit. Dog, that's an example. And look, if there's anybody out there who is Indian who's like, that's not all of our shows, of course, maybe. But is that, like, to, a- to an Indian person
4: in India, is that meant to be, like... Hey, in the comments below, I need to understand this. Like, where's the irony level? Like, where's the satire at? Yeah, because,
3: like, are people in India watching that and going, this is the best (laughs) piece of cinema I've ever seen? (laughs) This is crazy. How did she die? Why did she die? (laughs) The apex of this is just fantastic. I don't know. I don't know if that's what people are seeing or are people in India watching this going, what the fuck? is going on (laughs) this is so weird because if we're not if we're not a part of the joke I don't know what's going on (laughs) yeah there's
4: a big part of me is like there's no way that that is real one thing I did learn is that sometimes when you're watching Indian movies and the character morphs into a thing or does something crazy there's like a historical story behind that and it's like a representation of that yeah 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 yeah. but like what's the curtain thing (laughs) I I don't
3: understand that curtain thing at all and like the biggest thing that I've been doing now is watching a lot of Indian street food and I've talked about this too where I watched the Indian street food where it's dope as fuck Mm -hmm. delicious as hell yeah yeah. and then cut to another video of
4: a guy making fucking roti in his armpits yeah (laughs) And he's like holding shit with his feet and he's yeah. Just like yeah. I'm <laughs> like and he watch- puts something in his mouth and spits it yeah. on the on the stove. Yeah. yeah, it's crazy. I'm watching these videos and I'm like
3: clearly this is not normal yeah. because I'm watching the other videos where it's perfectly fine. Yeah, they dude. have gloves, things are clean, shit looks delicious, fire as fuck. Cut to a dude he's an amputee <laughs> with a piece of dough
4: sticking in his armpits is like, doing uh, shaping it how but it's like would fuck? you would you know the difference though like if you didn't see the making of and you just ate it would you would you be like this tastes like a dude's armpit <laughs> just this curly piece of hair my teeth what i mean I'm, i mean being filipino i can't really talk <laughs> i can't really say that you're like what's wrong with this video <laughs> yeah. i don't understand what people why are is that funny about. david <laughs> <laughs> just get mad the, uh, there was this other guy
3: where i watched this video of him Breaking up an ice block, uh-huh. which I thought that he was going to just chill some other stuff in it. He smashes it on the floor. He picks up the ice and he puts it in a drink. <laughs> what the fu- on the floor. <laughs> on the floor. <laughs> like, Hold on. Is this, a, is this a prank? Is this like a prank? And no, the guy just drank it. He's like, yes.
4: As there's like 16 flies around <laughs> if the drink. it's good, it's good, right? I'm like not- those, uh, yeah, when they open the bread thing and there's. And look, the end product looks great. But how funny if these guys are just putting it on for the video? Oh, they're dude. like, we don't really cook like that. <laughs> you fucking idiots. Yeah. <laughs> You're they're so just like elite content creators.
3: I know. We're all we're the idiots. <laughs> it's a green screen. <laughs> yeah. They're not even in India. It's Hassan Minhaj. <laughs> Pulls off his face. Speaking of, great segue, huh? <laughs> so listen. Even better. Even better. Yeah. So, Hassan Minhaj, I did a video, and listen. I was pretty riled up about this, right? Yeah. So if you guys go back to a few videos, it's with me, Pat, and Jason. And we're talking about how he was – there was a person in New York that did a a piece uh, on Hassan, right? And her name, if I look it up right now, her name is Claire Malone. And Claire Malone is a journalist for The New Yorker. Right, and she wanted to fact check all the stuff that he was saying, um, specifically in his stand up comedy specials or whatever. And Hassan kind of stayed silent, so he kind of got dragged through the mud. Yeah. Um, and even when I posted my video about it, where we were discussing it with me and Jason Cheney and Pat, it was a bit after all the stuff happened. It was like five or six days, because mm-hmm. usually when this stuff comes out, there's more information that. We have to digest before we get and we state our opinion. Now everything is alleged at this point, so he didn't say anything, and so today he actually released a video, yeah. refuting everything that this reporter said with receipts. With receipts, yeah. right? So for me, <clears throat> to a certain extent, I would say eighty percent, Hassan Minhaj, I apologize because I I was really really severe uh, about the things that I said. Uh, based on what she wrote about you and I took it as truth without waiting for his response. Mm-hmm. Still don't think you're funny. <laughs> I have to. I have to stick with that because that doesn't change. But once again, comedy is very subjective. There's plenty of people who think he's funny which is why he's successful. For me, you do TED Talks. <laughs> so, I do have to apologize because we have to talk about the shit yeah. that she conveniently left out mm-hmm. in their interview. And Hassan did – I don't know if it was her recording recorded messages or whatever, whatnot, or recording of their interview. Right, the audio. Or she did. Yeah. But it was recorded audio. Yep. And he
4: has it. And it tells a very, very different story. All the context in there, it's so different. It's very fucking different. It makes it really look like a straight-up hit piece. Mm Mm-hmm. And I wonder
3: why, when this came out, what was her objective, right? Because the whole story is not as exciting as what she told. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So, if you guys don't know about this or you haven't listened to our previous podcast, I'm not going to take down the podcast because it's what I thought at the time. Yeah. It's... And I'm just going to rectify what I did in this podcast. Mm-hmm. Right. So the original thing was that his um, prom date, her name, her real name isn't Bethany. Yeah. But um, basically, he told the story that the reason that he came up to the door asking her whatever, whatnot. Her parents said, "I don't want you dating a brown guy." Or right. Whatever.
4: He made it sound like it was like at the doorstep and that it was like a very mm-hmm. cinematic thing
3: yeah and then what it kind of turned out to be was that she apparently rejected him because she already had a date uh and so it kind of makes it look like he's race baiting mm-hmm. right but the full scope of this story from what he told in the video that he released today which we're actually just going to watch right now if you guys are going to go on hassan minhaj's page he does his whole explanation and we're going to start with the bethany story here at three minutes and 30 seconds
5: so in homecoming king I told a story about how I was supposed to go to prom with a white girl named Bethany Reed. Her real name is not Bethany. I changed it to protect her anonymity. I say that I show up at Bethany's house on prom night, but at the doorstep, her mom tells me they don't want her to go to prom with me because they'll be taking a lot of pictures and they don't want their family back home to see her with a brown boy. Bethany's mom did really say that. It was just a few days before prom and I created the doorstep scene to drop the audience into the feeling of that moment, which I told the reporter.
0: Is the doorstep moment true? Like, no, is, did that happen? No, no, no,
5: it happened before. Like, but the emotional truth remains the same. Her mom going, hey, sweetie, we like, we take photos and we don't want people to see. We have fo- family back home. Did, did she sort of give that as the reason of like, my parents aren't comfortable with yes. going? To, yeah, yes. Yeah. And it yeah. was, it just yeah. destroyed me.
4: Yeah, sure, that's understandable.
5: The reporter said it's understandable. But none of what I explicitly said makes it in the article. This is what they wrote instead.
2: She told me that she turned down Minhaj, who was then a close friend in person days before the dance. Minhaj acknowledged that this was correct, but he said that the two of them had long carried different understandings of her rejection.
5: This whole paragraph makes it sound like I got friend by Bethany and then I turned into an angry incel and then faked racism to get back at her. And I think this sentence is the reason why people believe that. He said that the two of them had long carried different understandings of her rejection. This sentence is incredibly misleading and implies the exact opposite of what I meant. Let me explain, okay. Over a decade after prom in August of 2014, Bethany and I met at a restaurant called Sarah Betts in New York and we cleared the air on what her mom said to me at prom. Now I talk about this in Homecoming King and I also told the New Yorker about this meetup. She had an understanding that we were like totally cool. And like, I had been carrying something completely different. And I just told her what it meant. Like, it's like, do you understand what it's like being like a skinny Muslim Desi Brown kid in Davis, California? And, you know, we're always told to put our head down and just take it, and I did. Mm -hmm. And I carried this water Mm -hmm. for like years and years. When the article says we had different understandings, what I clearly meant was that Bethany never knew how much her family being racist had affected me. That's why we had different understandings. Not because Bethany denied this happened.
3: See, that's a very, very different story. Yeah, super different. From what we, from kind of what I also portrayed too, because he's right. When I read this whole article, that's exactly how I interpreted Mm -hmm. it, not this version of it. Yeah. So for her as a journalist, her integrity is absolute fucking trash, right? And it really did make him seem like he was this weird little incel. Mm -hmm.
4: Yeah, I think for me too, when I read that originally, I I could imagine that being true because there's a lot of guys that do do that, Mm -hmm. that will put the blame on like, oh, it's because I'm Chinese or it's because I'm Asian or it's because I'm whatever. And they just totally glaze over the fact that something's wrong with them as a person. Mm -hmm. So they'll just like race bait that whole situation.
3: Yeah, and I think for him, I don't know how old he is. I think he's around our age too. Yeah. Uh, There were like certain guys that kind of did that. He always blamed everything else instead of them. Like you being the awkward guy, the obnoxious dude, you're super loud and annoying. And then when you (laughs) look at a girl and they don't like you, they go, oh, it's because I'm Asian or it's because I'm this and that. It's like, no, you're actually just unattractive as a person. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you know exactly. And so that's kind of what I got out of that from the way that she wrote it. But in truth, her parents actually- Actually did say that shit. Did say that shit. The timing was a little off. So he kind of made that- Maybe the one thing I also don't understand for him too is he's like, I made the artistic choice to say it at the doorstep, right? I was like, Doug, it would have been the same either way.
4: Do you think that's doing too much to kind of try to condense it so the timeline's like
3: quicker? Maybe I, you know, but that's not to his fault too. That's not even a problem, right? I think that what we're finding here too, and we'll talk about this in depth later on as we watch some more footage, is that he kind of walks the line of he keeps calling himself a comic right and i don't think a lot of people consider himself a comic they consider him a political
4: commentator i that honestly that's what i thought he was exactly and i mentioned not like to insult him but i just always saw him on daily show related stuff Mm -hmm. and so
3: for me too i mentioned in the podcast not even as a joke that when i was first introduced to him it was I saw this video of him because people were talking about this video and I saw it. I was like, oh, I don't want to watch a TED Talk. So I turned it off. And then somebody's like, oh, have you heard of Hassan Minhaj? I was Uh like, yeah, I saw his TED Talk. And they're like, well, he put out a stand-up special on Netflix. Turned it on. It was the same video. I was like, oh, this is a a stand-up comedy special. And that's what I kind of knew him as. I didn't know that that was a (laughs) stand-up special. You know what I mean? It's the same video. It was the same fucking video. So for me, I never knew that he was a comic, and yeah. I actually found out on the podcast that he was, he was a writer for The Daily Show. Um, and so for him, he kind of walks this line of, you say you're, you're a comic, which you are, right? But I don't think a lot of people view him as a comic, and it's because of the way that he portrays his information. When he told this story on his special, it wasn't for a laugh. It was to get people to understand what it was like being a skinny brown
4: desi boy that grew up in Davis, California. There was no real punchline. I didn't think there was either. Mm -hmm. There were some parts where there was like one thing that was like a ha ha moment, but for the most of it, it is just very like it just felt like he was just telling a story.
3: Yeah, Yeah. and that's the part where I kind of disagree with him here, right? So Mm. when he is fabricating some of these things right when we put it in the in the context of comedy yeah people fabricate things for a bigger punchline joke and we, right. we buy into the ridiculousness of
4: this, oh okay i see what you're saying you yeah, know? yeah, yeah
3: but for him he said that he did this to to make sure people feel what he felt mm-hmm. but what you felt
4: wasn't comedy there was no yeah. joke at the end of this right because that's how he draws the line because he said in political you have to start with facts and then he said in comedic storytelling, you start with the emotion and facts are second. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But because it's talking about something that's so racially sensitive, that's no longer comedic storytelling. It is political.
3: Exactly. Uh, and okay. this is where it kind of fucks up, right? Yeah, it like does. You hit the nail on the head with that. That's exactly what it is. Yeah, because now it's muddy. <clears throat> and now we don't know what the purpose of this is. It's like, well, now the purpose seems like I want you guys to understand how shitty it is to be a, an Indian American.
4: Yeah, because it's driving a sentiment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So where's the joke? So
3: you can't really blame the audience for not understanding what's going on here. Yeah,
4: that's true. Yeah.
2: The
3: Right. He kind of set the premise up. Uh So for him, as somebody who is a political politically charged comic, you know, when you start going into that realm, how do we know what you're saying is real or not? And then how are we supposed to digest this information, especially when there's no punchline? Right. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Because when I see political humor, I can tell when these guys are being funny and I could tell when they're talking about real serious situations. Mm -hmm. Right. So. In this case, I didn't. Un- I still don't understand because I did watch his special and I don't see the punchline. So, And that's not to say that he's not allowed to do this as mm-hmm. a writer or somebody who's a performer. Sure, yeah. But this is kind of where he gets fucked a little bit.
4: <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's why people are going to look into your shit. Mm-hmm. The same way like if Dave Chappelle, when he was talking about his trans friend, like if parts of that weren't true, of course people are going to dig it out you know yeah and imagine too let's say in this story
3: he's like Dave Chappelle says well yes I did have a trans friend I did have all this other stuff but in the part of the story where this where the trans friend died it actually didn't happen but the point of this is that I want you guys to know that it could happen
4: It's still terrible. You know what I mean? It's still bad. Like it's still representative of all the trans deaths that he's trying to allude to. Exactly. So
3: it's like there was no joke to this. You're trying to teach somebody a lesson off a hypothetical of things that actually do happen. Yeah, you're trying to influence an opinion based on your story. A hundred percent. So I think this is where he kind of messed up, right? So this is the part where he talks about the implied quote-unquote, carelessness of it all, mm. right? Where he kind of got her doxed and everything else, and so he has receipts where he can address that.
5: Yeah. With my carelessness. So I want to show you evidence that shows that that isn't true. Back in November of 2015, when Homecoming King was running off-Broadway, Bethany came to the show, and this is how The New Yorker reported it.
2: The woman said that Minhaj had invited her and her husband to an off-Broadway performance. She'd initially interpreted the invitation as an attempt to rekindle an old friendship, but she now believes the move was meant to humiliate her.
5: I promise it was never my intention dude, to humiliate Bethany at dude, the show. That one's way off. One yeah. is false. I looked back at our emails and I found out that I didn't invite Bethany to that show. She emailed me out of the blue and told me that she was coming because her friends saw the show. Very and different. And said they loved so it. So different, After the dude. show, Bethany also texted me that it was awesome and we kept in touch for years. I included her in the journey with full transparency. I put her in touch with fact checkers from This American Life. I invited her to the Netflix premiere party. I even emailed her to take down a tweet that might reveal her identity. Wow. Bethany then responded with a really nice email that ended with her saying, PS, thanks for the heads up on the tweet. I deleted the other ones, but this one escaped me. It's shockingly hard to resurface old social media, apparently. How different respect between me and my family. I don't think I've ever formally thanked you for that. And I do sincerely appreciate it. It's like so severely opposite. It's session, so I different. <laughs> <don't have any laughs> photos of Bethany or her family. Those are actors and their faces are blurred. Maintaining Dude, Bethany's... An anonymity. so different. Even his wiki says majority that majority that's a real photo. <laughs> I would yeah. never want her to get doxxed <laughs> or harassed. And if there were any negative consequences that came your way, Bethany, I am sorry about that. I am not perfect, but I promise I am not needlessly cruel. Even though that's what the New Yorker wants you to believe... Despite the evidence, I was an open book. I sat down in good faith. They had my testimony in four years of correspondence, backed up with receipts, all on the record that showed my race was a factor in my prom rejection. I wasn't careless with Bethany's privacy, and she thanked me for keeping her family's identity safe. So how could the New Yorker imply the opposite? I didn't know what they were looking for when they were asking. Here's the bigger question: Why did the New Yorker fact check my stand-up special? but not properly fact-check their own article. If you're still
4: here, I have Have you heard the theory about... I don't know if it's like that crazy of a theory about how like after he had done that content that was kind of scrutinizing uh, the Saudis, Mm -hmm. shit's been kind of like this for him. Oh, really? Kind of on a... Yeah, it's like people are trying to take him down now. Maybe, dude. I mean, he's kind of... When
3: you start going into this political realm, yeah. it gets a really tricky and very fucking <laughs> yeah. dangerous, right? Right. So if that's the case, I 100% believe it. Because
4: he said, I think he said something that criticized uh, the the crown prince. Yeah. As it, a joke it, or if I'm like for real? Um, I don't know. I don't know if it was, but it was like criticizing something about how they do shit. And it was like, he said, since then? He's been receiving. That's when the letter came in with the shit in it. Like, that's when people have been just fucking with him. That's fucking crazy. man. Yeah. And like, journalistic integrity is such fucking trash. Right.
3: And once again, I will say this again. I do have to apologize because even if I was tricked or fooled or whatever, whatnot, mm-hmm. I have a platform. That video got whatever, 25K, 30K views. And I was bashing this guy based <laughs> on what I thought was true. Yeah, sure. You know what I'm saying? So I still do have to apologize for it. It doesn't fucking matter whether I right. was tricked or not. This tells a completely different mm-hmm. story. Yeah. And the idea, like, they have, look at, he sent all this stuff to her and she just took it and threw it away. Four years. Four of years of correspondence. Yeah. Could you, I can't even wrap my head around that shit. <laughs> and then for her, she just goes, okay, whatever. The funny thing is, it's like he is now he got he's being scrutinized for embellishing shit and now she's being in trouble for embellishing shit <laughs>
4: it's yeah like, it's right like a weird, what a weird place to right. be in you know what I mean it the does, irony of that it's so fucking ironic and she's the one that's supposed to be fact checking like yeah. he's, he's allowed some wiggle room but they're not this is so dangerous too
3: because you know and I should know better than this too because there have been so many things said about me and my friends everybody else that's just blatantly not true and people kind of run with this fucking narrative yeah and i'm kind of now in this group of people too where i did the same to him so i actually kind of feel bad
4: yeah yeah i feel bad too because it i totally bought it as like oh another guy doing this shit you know you know and it once again i i forgot that
3: i expect journalism to be truthful yeah right and for some (laughs) fucking reason me being the idiot I just took everything that she said for fact and truth mm-hmm. without waiting for his response yeah. and trust me it wasn't because I needed fresh content it was just fresh in my fucking mind and I really wanted to talk about this with two other people who were comics just to talk about his integrity right Yeah. and once again just because I don't find him funny it doesn't mean that he's not funny to other people yeah. right I just do that obviously as a joke because I like pissing people off but um, <laughs> it's just that at the time when I read this stuff it just to me it was true because she was the fact checker. When you say fact checker, right. I just immediately think, oh, this has to be true because she did her job as a journalist to tell us the truth about this guy who was a habitual fucking liar. You know? <laughs> yeah, it made him look like a like a crazy guy. Like a crazy yeah. person,
4: right? Um, and so, number one, biggest thing, the fucking photo wasn't even real. Yeah, it's not even, it's just like a random ass Stock photo of
3: actors. <laughs> two two actors that are hired <laughs> actors. Yeah. And it was blurred out. So he did the job of protecting her identity twofold. Mm-hmm. Right? Which is pretty fucking amazing. Yeah. He didn't have to do that, but he actually did. Which I thought was really great. She knew this, and she still decided to put this hit piece out. And I wonder why. Who the fuck... What is her agenda?
4: What is the point of this? Did, does it have anything to do with, like, him taking over The Daily Show? Because I'm seeing that a lot. Oh. They, like they don't want him to be someone doesn't want him to take over the daily show well who the fuck cares (laughs) who the fuck cares maybe saudi cares a little i know (laughs) they're sitting with their oil money like
3: this mother of bitch
4: (laughs) yeah it could be mother of bitch facial hair bitch motherfucker (laughs) i don't i don't fucking know
3: that's my saudi impression (laughs)
4: No one knows what they really sound like. <laughs> he uses
3: all of his oil on his hair. I hate him. Son of mother of bitch. <laughs> <But laughs> I'm sorry, Hassan. Once again, Hassan, I apologize. I apologize profusely for the fact that I actually believed this white demon.
4: <laughs> and I Treacherous white demon. I should have cited... With my side, dude. I'm sorry, dude. Yeah, but like, how would you know, though? That's the crazy thing. It's like, the receipts that he brought out... It's such a 180 on all the info that was put it's like how would you even be able to tell how fucking different dude it's not even like oh some of the shit she said was true it's literally (laughs) zero and she was the fact checker yeah and the stuff that he did change is like negligible details that kind of just make for a better storytelling experience but the meat is still true a hundred
3: percent man and that that was the thing that he was getting scrutinized for the most it's like what is the fine line between comics embellishing the story and just outright lying, Mm -hmm. right? And then can they actually do it? Yeah. And so the stance that I took was if it's for comedy and the joke and the premise is that everybody is in on the joke, then it's fine. But when you start doing these points of morality and you paint this picture of this terrible world, then you get people to believe in this shit. Yeah. Then it becomes a fucking problem because now you have this weird political agenda or just like social agenda Mm -hmm. and you're not making people laugh. You're making people believe that this world is terrible.
4: Yeah. They're walking out thinking that earth is a different planet. (laughs) 100%. (laughs)
3: Yeah. And that was my biggest contention with the things that he was saying. Yeah. It wasn't comedy. And I think a lot of the stuff he does isn't comedy. And I don't, I don't think he really understands that too. People don't really look at you and connect to you because you're a comic. They look for the emotional story and they want to feel that they are seen and they're heard. Mm-hmm. And that's the stuff that he puts out. Mm. Right? But if he's saying like, oh, I'm just a comic and this is comedy, you, you don't do a good job at that then. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I was watching it like a TED Talk. Like, oh, this Me is too. A, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a powerful TED Talk, but I'm trying to laugh. So, skip! <laughs> You know, <laughs> move it on. I don't care about your fucking prom date and you going like, brown boy, get off of my step. I don't care about this, dude. I'm sorry. I am I really don't care for this. You know what I mean? I wanted to laugh and you didn't do it. So I just kind of moved on. A lot of other people who saw that, they 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 recommended it to me because they said they cried watching his stuff because of how, how they felt seen and yeah, heard. But they weren't like dying
4: laughing over no, it. No, yeah. none of the people who liked it that I know liked it because of the comedy. Do you think that still qualifies as comedy in any way to be like, even if you don't laugh one, one time? I think that it's, it's a TED talk. I think it's a Mm. really good TED talk,
3: right? I think it's a good depiction of his story and whatever agenda that he wants to go ahead and, you know, put out to anybody. But in terms of comedy and like, you know, I, I, I think a lot of comics say this. They, they don't understand these new waves of comics. It's like, why are you calling yourself a comic? You're not here to make people laugh. You're here to just tell these personal trauma stories, Mm. you know? Because if I was still pursuing stand-up comedy, right, I think for me as a comic, it would suck if the only thing that people walked away was like, dude, I related to your story. I was like, did you laugh? No. (laughs) I'm like, okay, then what am I doing here? Yeah. And I've seen this a lot. If you guys have been to comedy shows, um, not all the time, but I've been seeing this trend in the last like six or seven years of comics just using comedy as a stage for your therapy. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. With
4: no joke. Yeah, it's like you think it's gonna flip at the end and then they just go, thank you. Exactly. And I'm (laughs) they walk off stage and I'm like, and then people are clapping, you're so brave. I don't give a fuck. I'll be in the lobby if you want to talk to me about my abuse.
3: Yeah. Where is the (laughs) fucking joke? I'm here to laugh. I'm not here to hear about why you got touched in your butthole once. Can you imagine 10.30
4: at Laugh Factory? (laughs) That's the set you're watching? You're
3: like, oh, fuck.
4: Uh... (laughs) I'm drunk and I still didn't laugh, so I don't know what the fuck is happening here. Maybe it's just like so advanced. It's like you're supposed to laugh, making fun of this. <laughs> I know. duck. I <laughs> and like Ari Spears said too, it's like if if you do
3: a set that you feel is so good and people aren't crouched over belly laughing, then are you really doing your job as a comic? You know, that's true. And I, mean... I agree. When I go to when I see stand up comedy shows. I'm not there to critique people's comedy. I'm not there to take notes. I just want to laugh with yeah. everybody, yeah, right? Yeah. And if I go into these comedy shows and then people just make complaints about, you know, toxic femininity, toxic masculinity,
4: yeah, just and there's no punchline, what am I listening to? You know it's worse than that. Crowd work that's all that. Oh my god, <laughs> dude. Dude, there's a big
3: conversation too with comics saying like some some comics are looking so forward to doing crowd work. Yeah. That they don't actually do a set.
4: Yeah, I, you know I started hearing that too.
3: Yeah, yeah. I, I've seen it where, look, there's a there's a guy that was famous on TikTok. He's going around doing a comedy tour, and I've seen him perform twice. And his yeah. actual material is not funny at all. And the whole time him he's just doing crowd work, saying absolutely nothing. And then he, he's up there for like half an hour. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing up there? And the crowd work is the sorriest crowd work I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> and a lot of people think now as people who are com- – like comics are trying to do their set that they've worked on. Right? Yeah, Like there's yeah, 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 a yeah. beginning, middle, and end to this mm. shit. And then now people in the crowd are thinking, oh, I want to be a part of this TikTok video. Right. So they keep interrupting
4: they wanna the – They want to be com- in the moment. Yeah. What is this shit? It's like, as an audience member, I'm like, shut the fuck up. I want to hear the joke. It's funny because I always thought in my mind, because I'm not a comedian like that, I always envisioned crowd work is so hard. And then a comedian was talking to me the other day when we were at JK and he was like, dude, crowd work's the easiest thing. Anything you say will be funny. Yeah. It's the timing. It's not... It's not so much what you're saying; it's just like if you say it at the right timing, everyone just laughs because they're supposed to. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh, I didn't think of that." <laughs> like I, and usually two like really
3: good comics goes they go into a crowd work and they kind of go into a set after. Right? Yeah, right. They, there's like a segue to. There's it There's a yeah. segue, or they do another set on the fly, or it aids go. it aids the set. And now I'm just seeing guys just ramble through the crowd for fucking ten minutes. <laughs> it's
4: all crowd work. Huh? It's just
3: all crowd work, and it's yeah. not even any jokes. It's just them people just giggling because they're talking to a person in the Dude, crowd. Then this would be your worst nightmare if it was just
4: Hasan. Yeah.
3: Krar- <laughs> It would be the <laughs> fucking worst, dude. Does anybody uh, have any traumas? Uh... <laughs> who else is a brown boy who hated their skin? Huh? <laughs> I hated it. <laughs> so we're gonna talk about the the. Oh, well, let's. We're gonna go into the part of the video where he talks about him being slammed onto a car. Right. And that, my friends, is right. Damn! Almost, 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 <laughs> almost. <laughs> Right here, I talk about which is right I was right where I was at before.
5: Fun <laughs> of him, he slammed me against the hood of a cop car. The truth up special, but not properly fact check their own article. If you're still here, I have two more stories that I want to address. Now, in my second special, The King's Jester, I tell a story about how I met and was harassed by an FBI informant named Brother Eric. I talk about how he tried to entrap me at a gym, and when I made fun of him, he slammed me against the hood of a cop car. The truth is. I did have altercations with undercover law enforcement growing up, and that experience formed the basis of this story. But it didn't go down exactly like this. So I understand why people are upset. People face real danger at the hands of the police, and false stories can undermine real stories. And I am sorry I added to that problem. My intention wasn't to take away from these stories. It was to spotlight them through my special. That's why I used this story to talk about Hamid Hayat, Hamid and I were part of the same NorCal Muslim community. When he got entrapped, it rocked our community, and he spent 14 years in prison. We were the same age, same background, and like him, I also had run-ins with undercover agents. I was even physically harassed by them while playing basketball. Now you're probably wondering, why not just say that? So this is not an excuse. It is an explanation of my process. When I am storytelling, every beat has to do multiple things in a funny and impactful way. With the story, I had to set up three plot points. (laughs) The moment I realized authority figures hate being made fun of. Why I named my show Patriot Act and spotlight the story of Hamid Hayat. The problem is 99% of people watching Netflix have no idea the FBI spied on Muslims at mosques or they don't even believe it was real. And I know this because when I performed earlier versions of the story in front of audiences, They had no idea what I was talking about. FBI agents embedding in mosques and entrapping young Muslims through basketball or weightlifting or whatever. It sounds funny. I know. But it was all over the country. (laughs) That's all all that guy took. My mosque in my hometown. Put a doily on his head and call it a day. And the footage that I used in the special proves that it was very real and very stupid. I wanted to recreate that feeling that only muslims felt for a broad audience the feeling of paranoia this one this one's a little bit iffy (laughs) this one is super fucking iffy dude because it's like you said, now that you said, like,
4: if it's not funny, why not just tell the true story? Exactly. <laughs> it's not even a joke. Exactly. And this one, I call bullshit. Yeah, like, I, I would have to
3: agree with you on that. I call big bullshit. And it goes back to the conversation that we had earlier. Once again, he said that I have a, a task to do when I'm a storyteller, is the emotional part
4: and the funny part. Mm-hmm. Sorry, you, there was no joke. Yeah. And that's, that's a big change. That's changing it to, it happened to me. Mm -hmm. versus it happens to us. Exactly. That's a big difference, man. It makes him look like this martyr, right? And by the way,
3: once again, I begrudgingly saw this whole thing, right? I saw the whole special. So... Once again there are people might say oh there was a few jokes here and there but there was no real punchline. We didn't walk away laughing. <laughs> we walked away feeling like dude this poor muslim kid yeah, yeah, yeah. got
4: fucking bullied because of the color of his skin. And you attribute it to his experiences. You're like oh man he went through that that's crazy. Yeah you so know? for
3: him to Go on here and say, like, I'm not making excuse. You are making an excuse. <laughs> you a hundred percent are making excuse. Yeah. You're not we're not going through your whole writing process. And by the way, we shouldn't have to know your writing process to laugh, you fucking idiot. <laughs> what are you talking about? Right. <laughs> I apologize for the previous one. This one, no sorry. You are full of shit on this part. <laughs> yeah. We as an audience yeah. do not need to know. The comic's writing process to laugh. I don't need to know the writing process of somebody's movie mm-hmm. to enjoy the film. Your job as a comic is simply to make us laugh. Yeah. To bring us into the story. And in order for you to do that, all you did was make yourself look like a victim. So I don't agree with this
4: one. Yeah, this one's, a little this one's stretchy as, as far as you yeah. go. He should have just left this
3: one as like, you know what? I kind of fumbled this one a little bit. Right, I wanted to make the story more <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. bigger and better and it didn't have to be and the real stories were there and I could have just used it and I also
4: don't buy the thing where he goes well I told the story and people just didn't believe it that actually helps I think it does too I think it's great when people have no idea what you're talking about and yeah. you could really like get creative mm-hmm. and if his intention is to educate people yeah. on the
3: people who don't know then what better way to show that this actually happened? You have a whole fucking screen behind you. You just did it right now on the screen with all the articles and the funny. Sh- that was hilarious. That was probably the funniest thing out of this whole thing was him showing the buff guy with a doily on <laughs> yeah. his fucking head. Jesus Christ. And he's, <laughs> <That's>
4: like, just... <laughs> and he's going, let's go. Let's go. <laughs> We're going in. Alhamdulillah. Yeah, And that is really cool to learn. Like, I would like to go to a, a show and learn that. That's, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. And, you're, and I'm pretty sure people in the crowd, too, who go to your
3: stand-up comedy specials, by the way, Hassan, they're there for you. Yeah. So you're not there to convince anybody of this. Right, thing. right. You know what I mean?
4: You're not they- like, believe me, it happened.
3: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> if you put this out and I saw that, I was be yeah. like, oh, shit, I didn't know that. And it would have made his story well, Yeah, even that's more
4: the different. reason people cared that he might have made it up. Because they believed you. <laughs> exactly. So none of this actually makes sense at all. Yeah, this one's kind of a... Uh... right. It's yeah. shaky. And the funny thing
3: was that even when, as I opened this up and I read the comments, everybody's talking about only the first 12 minutes of the video and uh-huh. they didn't watch the rest because oh. nobody's addressing this part. They're just going. How could she do this? Blah blah blah. Yeah, yeah,
4: They're yeah. Because I get it. That's like that's the hot one. That's the right? hot one. Yeah.
3: This one, I really do disagree with. Like, you definitely put that story, and it made you look like the victim, whether that was your intention or not. Mm-hmm. You fumbled so bad on this
4: one. Yeah. You didn't have. So to there, happen. there never was like a grab, throw in the car that never even never happened. Never happened. See, that's a big detail versus putting the scene on a doorstep versus three days prior like that's like exactly that's embellishment this one's
3: an outright lie that makes people hate other people yeah and i don't agree with that at all because where is the joke right (laughs) yeah right (laughs) you know what i'm saying (laughs) you have to embellish on the parts that's the comedy part you don't embellish on the part where you look like the victim yeah it's just an awareness campaign that's I guess it was supposed to
4: be funny, but
3: yeah, I I don't know. I mean, I'm, like, if you guys are watching up until this point, I wonder if you agree or disagree. Yeah, like if you guys agree or disagree, I would really like to know because in my mind, this part doesn't make sense. I a hundred percent am with him on the first half. Oh yeah, me too. Yeah, there is no excuse for that piece of shit. Whatever her name was. Fucking. But I think he's smart enough
4: to do it in this order because he knows that you're already feeling like, oh man, I was wrong. And then he's like, let me,
3: if you feel like that, check this out. Exactly. (laughs) You know, like most people didn't even get to this part. Yeah. They just listened to this first part. And by the way, this first half, the first 12 minutes, is the part that he posted on his social media. And that's all people are Mm -hmm. seeing. They, They haven't seen this part. I
4: disagree with this a hundred to be honest the first time i saw this this totally glazed right by me too see i was like smart oh yeah it really did he's because he starts talking about this other dude who was in jail for 14 years and that just like takes precedence over everything you're like oh how horrible you know like and you forget that like he tried to like shoehorn himself into this whole like
3: narrative Mm -hmm. and you know he did Uh, make
4: a good point too he's like you know people are asking him
3: like you know, in terms of like the fact-checking thing, and oh, did you ask this informant if it's okay to bring out this information? He goes, well, yeah. Nobody fucking asked me. If, yeah, if it he was okay for him to spy that. on us. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, thing. I agree with that too. So he doesn't owe that piece of shit anything. Yeah, right. But the whole thing where he got slammed to a car, like people walked away <laughs> listening to that, thinking, "I can't believe you got assaulted for yeah. just being a brown person in America," <laughs> you know. And he go- yeah. So you know, it goes back to me saying, "Well, um, what if there was a woman?" Who told this story about her being sexually assaulted and it never happened. And her excuse was, I wanted to bring people into the idea that Mm -hmm. people get sexually assaulted even though it wasn't me. Yeah,
4: I just don't like that people hook those things together. They're like, oh, if you don't believe me, are you saying that women aren't being assaulted every day? It's like, dude, I get what he's trying to do with trying to tell you like, oh, this is a thing that happened and nobody knew and they should know. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean you get to like make up some bonus you know, storybook stuff about yourself.
3: And so when he says stuff like emotional truth, this is where he gets caught up.
4: Yeah, I
3: could, right? see, I could see where he's what he's thinking with that. Because you can't do that on any other stuff. Like I said, I'll bring it up to the girls. And I know women who get shitted on would get shitted on if they did that in yeah. terms of stories like that. So he doesn't get an excuse that. Oh, they'll for that be crucified if, for that. A hundred percent. And I think that's fucking unfair. Right. If you're going to crucify a girl for making up stories like that, then you should crucify him for doing this for something that's very serious as like prejudice and racism. Right. I don't think that's
5: right. No. Let's go to the next part of the video. As a Muslim, talk about how I received a letter in the mail. And when I opened the letter, white powder fell on my daughter and we had to take her to the hospital only to find out it was not real anthrax. This, as you know, is not how it went down. And let me just say, I am sorry for embellishing the story or if anyone was worrying about me and my family, I apologize. But let me make something clear. A letter with white powder was sent to my apartment in February of 2019. I opened it in the kitchen. Powder fell on the table and my daughter was just a few feet away. It was powdered donuts. He ordered out, I donuts. it <laughs> was kidding. not anthrax and that someone was fucking with me because people had been fucking with me since January 1st, 2019 after this happened.
2: Well, Netflix under fire today after its decision to pull an episode of a comedy show that was critical of Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman.
5: That's the the truth is, mm-hmm. when this news broke, my life got very scary. Saudi bots were spamming my socials. A threatening letter was sent to Netflix. I was getting weird phone calls at night. Then fake anthrax was sent to my house. And after that happened, I asked Netflix for our security guard to follow me everywhere. And people noticed. Friends were texting me about seeing me rolling everywhere through New York with security. And at one point, my wife even asked our security detail if he knew any companies that sold those tiny GPS trackers for strollers because we were concerned that someone might try to kidnap or hurt our daughter. That is all real. The danger at that time was palpable, but Bina and I decided to keep the anthrax scare private because we were worried that Netflix might shut down my show which would have put my entire staff out of work. Now, you might be wondering, this is all terrifying, so why embellish? Why even say you took your daughter to the hospital the night of the anthrax care? Bina and I, we got into a huge argument, and she kept asking, Hassan, what if this powder fell on our daughter? So I created the hospital scene to put the audience in that same shock and fear that me and Bina felt playing out that night. Then I added the investigator character because women in my life were telling me that Bina was coming off super naggy in old versions of the story. So I gave some of Bina's lines to other characters so that her perspective was represented in a way that didn't reflect poorly on her. Again, I am sorry if I crossed a line here, but I told the story this way to put the audience on the roller coaster ride that we were both experiencing at that time. Now, look, I understand why people were upset by all of this. Different comedians have different expectations built into their personas. I thought I had two different expectations built into my work. My work as a storytelling comedian and my work as a political comedian where facts always come first. That is why the fact checking on Patriot Act was extremely rigorous. The fact checking in my congressional testimony, deeply rigorous. I don't think there's any comedian on earth
3: my lovely genius brain farts this podcast is brought to you by fume ever tried to break a bad habit and felt like you're climbing everest and flip-flops yeah we've been there too but here's a breath of fresh air fume it's not about giving up it's about switching up baby fume takes your habit and simply makes it better healthier, and a whole lot more enjoyable. What is Fume, you ask? Fume is an innovative, award-winning flavored air device that does just that. Instead of vapor, fume uses flavored air. Instead of electronics, fume is completely natural. And instead of harmful chemicals, fume uses delicious flavors. You get it. Instead of bad, fume is good. It's a habit you're free to enjoy that makes replacing your bad habit easy. I keep one in my car just because I'm a fidgety guy. And guess what? I'd be puffing on that delicious herbal tea vapor, my friend. Nothing bad for you in there, and definitely, definitely fun to use. My friends, start the year off right with the good habit by going to trifume.comslash genius and getting the journey pack today. Fume is giving listeners of the show 10% off when they use my code GENIUS to help make starting the good habit that much easier. Start the good habit at trifume.comslash genius to save 10% off the journey pack today.
5: But in my work as a storytelling comedian, I assumed that the lines between truth and fiction were allowed to be a bit more blurry, and I totally get why a journalist would be interested where that line sits. I just wish the reporter had been more interested in their own premise. Someone genuinely curious about truth and stand-up wouldn't just fact check my specials. They would fact check a bunch of specials. They would establish a control group, a baseline, to see how far outside the bounds I was in relation to others. And they wouldn't just cherry pick a few stories, they would give their readers a sense of proportionality of what was true versus what was false. In my last special, I talk about almost getting sued by a hedge fund, 100% true. Getting ball surgery so we could have kids, 100% true. Netflix pulling my episode on Saudi and Saudi, 100% true. Getting rejected from prom because of my race, 1000% true.
4: Damn, a if the reporter
5: percent, man, was that's a lot, dude. genuinely curious about the idea of truth in stand-up, they would have had to report that the majority of my stories are true. But their article led with the opposite, saying much of my stand-up never happened to me. That is false. Nearly all of it happened to me. Some of it didn't. Even the last line of the article is stripped of the context to leave you with the impression that I'm some sort of unrepentant liar. He told me the emotional truth is first, the factual truth is secondary. We tried really hard to have them put in the full quote with full context, but they refused. So let me leave you with the full context. When people see a Hasan Minhaj show, there's two different expectations. There's the Hasan Minhaj you see maybe here at the Comedy Cellar, where there is an implicit agreement between the audience, like, we're going down into a basement, like, we're about to see a one-hour comedy show that feels like there is an emotional roller coaster ride. Sure. Then there's Hassan Minhaj, the guy you've seen on The Daily Show as a correspondent, or the guy from Patriot Act on Netflix, mm-hmm. which is, I am not the primary character. The news story is the primary character. With the latter, the truth comes first, Comedy sometimes comes second to make the infotainment, the sugar on the medicine. Mm -hmm. In this, the emotional truth is first. The factual truth is secondary. In political comedy, facts come first. In comedic storytelling, emotions come first. That is what I said, and that is what I meant going forward. Will I be more thoughtful about sticking to the facts in my storytelling? Absolutely. I have no problem with honest, good-faith critique because I am always trying to improve as a performer and as a person. Look, the guy in this article is a proper fucking psycho. But I now hope you feel like the real me is not. I'm just a guy with IBS and low sperm motility. Again... There is much more laugh? important news. <laughs> <laughs> this is comedy, dude.
3: was yeah, about wah wah wah.
5: <laughs> well, that
4: was pretty. That was pretty bad. That's hard. That was, that was a little rough, guy. You you're not helping yourself right there. <laughs> but see, by his own laws, he has to do that at the end, or else it's not comedy. It's not comedy. So that's this whole thing. This, this is we're essentially watching his special. Yeah. This is,
3: this is another special. This is the same feeling I had from watching his special. It was all this and then one little sperm motility. <laughs>
4: IBS. IBS. <laughs> ah! no. Does it bother you at all that like he showed so much proof and receipts for everything, but then when it came to the anthrax letter, he just said it happened. Yeah. That's he didn't it. have anything to show. Like he's just the the proof is that he's saying it happened. It happened.
3: Yeah. Which I find that kind of weird. It's a little weird for me too, because all of these like factual stuff and this is the part where he's like, it happened. <laughs> yeah, He's like, no, that one
4: for real. Hey, for real, Zeke, dude. Yeah. Think you promise? I swear, cross my heart hope to die. <laughs> <laughs> like there's really that that one I think is so strange, like that one I feel like could be completely made up. Yeah, maybe top and that's and for us to decide as as an audience member.
3: And the thing that once again, you know, he kind of addressed it too. He goes, "Why did I decide to lie about this and it was because I wanted to make my wife look better she came off naggy yeah I don't really buy that either I don't buy that you either. know what I mean like you liked the emotional effect that it has of your daughter having anthrax on her <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, like it's so major yeah like you like you, you, literally used your daughter as an emotional pawn for the story when you didn't need it you know what I'm saying yeah 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 and I'm right. pretty sure anybody who heard the story it would have had the same effect the original story is actually better <laughs> It's actually way better. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's way fucking better. And who's going to sit there and think that your
4: wife is an asshole when your job puts your daughter's life on the line? Yeah. like We're all thinking of anthrax on a kid. I'm not going to stop and be like, that wife is pretty naggy about that anthrax. (laughs) I know. Uh, You know, Hasan, our kid could (laughs) have, what a bitch. Anthrax is deadly, but so is nagging. Yeah. The real lethal household. A nagging wife. You're scared about COVID?
3: Think about a nagging wife. (laughs) We got a fucking test for that. Get the jab, but don't nag. All right? Hey, babe, can you put this in your fucking nose? I want to see if you're a bitch. (laughs) There's no vaccine for a bitchy
4: wife. I know. (laughs) Dude, Like, why would you think that that would take precedence on anyone's Uh, mind? I don't know. Like I said, most people didn't watch up to this point. It just sounds like a writer's room. It sounds like literally like, uh, I think she sounds naggy. All right, I'm gonna change that. Yeah. It just sounds like a writer's room, dude. And, you know,
3: uh, Andrew Schultz kind of said this too, where maybe he kind of knew about this a little bit. He goes, dude, your regular life is pretty crazy. So why did you have to do this? And I think this is probably what he was alluding to. Like, you didn't need any of that type of stuff. Why did you do this? But to his credit, I do agree. I, well, I, I do agree that he kind of got scrutinized extra hard compared to everybody else. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think so, too. But on the other flip side of this is because you keep saying that political comedy and regular comedy, there's no laugh. Everything <laughs> seems hyper political. You know what I
4: mean? You proved it by letting that IBS line I know fly right by you.
3: You decide to make that joke, and then you are the only one that laughed at it.
4: So, you
3: know, just Jesus, where it's was so your hard
4: to watch that part? Where's your
3: writer's friend at that point? He had
4: such a yeah. Like after saying it, right? <laughs>
3: like, where he, the fuck are your friends now? How come they didn't take that joke out? He had such a. Let me just break the tension a little bit. <laughs> yeah. But once again, this is the same feeling that I got from his Netflix special, right? It was mm. all this seriousness. And yeah. then he goes, well, you guys know it's stand-up, right? No, we don't. That's the <laughs> problem we don't know it's stand up <laughs> the only moment that I realized it was stand up where you made the poop joke oh
4: my god dude
3: yeah and so maybe this is where he can probably figure this stuff out he goes oh maybe I'm not really a comic I'm actually somebody who's more a political commentator who can who have who has a few humorous quips here and there mm-hmm. and that's how most people see him as and this is why he's getting so much scrutiny so I don't really think that in his case he's a bad person right no yeah, he's any of that type of stuff I think that he has has a branding issue in his own head i'm a comic i'm a funny guy Mm -hmm. but if we if we as the audience don't look at him or watch his stuff for comedy and we only look at him to feel seen or heard then are you really a comic you might just be a self-proclaimed comic at this point you're a successful political commentator
4: that has a few jokes and that's not a negative thing at all so do you think that like like is bill maher funny to you in the same way or uh trevor noah or Bill Maher's John Stewart.
3: not funny to me either. Like if Bill, Somebody said Bill is a stand-up comic, which apparently he is. I only found that out because I listened to a Joe Rogan podcast yeah. where he had a set he was doing. I was like, wait, Joe, Bill Maher does stand-up? <laughs> so once again, Bill Maher falls into this category as well, <laughs> yeah. right? Because if Bill Maher did this, he would get crucified too. He's not exempt from this as well. <laughs>
4: A you know, bar made of Muslim victim stories. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have to fact check that.
3: Bill, the- <laughs> come here. <laughs> Bill's like, yeah, you know, when I was, uh, <laughs> when I was at a mosque and I was praying, <laughs> I was slammed onto a car, and that was crazy. <laughs> Oh whoa. oh oh my god! Here. I believe him! I believe him so oh, much. God. The emotional truth is hurting me. Now. <laughs> yeah. So I didn't know. I didn't know that Bill Maher did stand up until I heard Rogan because his original thing is stand up. Yeah, that's like how he started and everything, right? Yeah, I didn't fucking know that. I thought he was a political commentator that made a few funny jokes. Even Trevor Noah now, right? When he first started off, he was just a stand up comic. Yeah. And when I watch him on his show, I don't look at him as a stand up comic anymore. He's a political commentator. Mm-hmm. And I I think even for him as somebody, when I first saw his first special it was really funny because he has gone so much on the political side. Yeah. It, his new standup isn't as funny. It's mm. like kind of just whatever. Yeah. Right. Uh, that's my opinion. Once again, like, don't don't take any of this as truth.
4: This is just what I feel. I mean, I think it's g- generally agreeable that most political comedians in mass are less funnier than comedians yeah because yeah, yeah. they could make a joke about yeah. anything because it's if it's not your bag it's just you're not gonna laugh at anything 100%. no matter how many ibs jokes it ends with <laughs> like it's never gonna get you you know what i mean dude when he made that joke that shit hurt me a little bit i'm like oh fuck oh shit <laughs> you're just like oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> yikes dude, i hate that he. i see like i wish he didn't say anything at I the end <laughs> I wish he was just serious the whole time. Like you said, like if he wasn't trying to even be a comedian definitively, all of this stuff is highly effective. Yeah. A hundred percent, man. And but then I, if you say all that and at the end you're like, how come none of you guys left?
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he's confused too. You know, for him, he's saying, oh, there's the, uh, you know, comedy where emotional truth is important and the facts are important. Yeah. yeah, later. yeah. Yes, with comedy. You're not doing yeah. comedy. That's a true statement, but it doesn't apply to <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> it's not applicable. Exactly. You told this story about harassment, about what the state of the world yeah. is, what it's like to be a brown boy being rejected by a racist- Anti-Muslim racism. sentiment? Exactly. Where is the like, comedy? Like, that's not political. That's comedic storytelling? Yeah. And, you know, for the Dave Chappelle thing, when he told the joke, when he told the story about his trans friend, right? Yeah. There wasn't comedy there. He ended on a very serious yeah. note, and he didn't consider that part of the stand-up. Even though he had funny moments in it, I wouldn't call that the best part of his yeah. special. He's addressing the controversy surrounding him. Exactly. Yeah. That's the note that he ended on with his special, with a serious tone. Mm. But the rest of the series was just so fucking oh, funny. Oh, dude, yeah. Right? So him, right. You know, him talking about like the white guy that broke in and the shotgun and everything like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. That was comedy. Whether it happened is if it's real or not doesn't really fucking matter. Right, and if right. it turned out it wasn't true, it doesn't change anything.
4: Exactly. Right. 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 It doesn't. It doesn't
3: shift sentiments. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's something that he might have to take away from. in this is like, if I took this out, would it change anything? If it was true or not? If it doesn't, then you're probably in the clear. Mm-hmm. Right. And I've told stories on this podcast where I have definitely embellished stories. Right. But. 99% of it is true. It's just like these yeah. little small clips. Or you condense it for time or so that you don't have to say so many details. It's dude, like, I told yeah. a story about when I was a kid I, it, it, at a bus stop where there was this African kid that was bullied every fucking day. Yeah. Right? There was this dude named, oh, let's not say his name, but he, <laughs> he bullied the kid. Bethany. <laughs> yeah, his name was Bethany. And <laughs> Bethany bullied this kid every day. And this mm-hmm. kid, this African kid, one day, I told this on JK News and he was like, people didn't believe me. Uh, until these videos on Twitter started coming up of these African kids beating other people up with like their belts and like random sticks. There's this African kid, and I shit you fucking not, this is true as hell. So this dude used to make fun of this African every day, African kid every day. And one day at the bus stop, he's dressed like in this puffy jacket, this the, the old navy fleece thing, a long <laughs> yeah. shirt, another t-shirt, and uh, a wife beater. And he's slowly peeling off all the shit, right? I'm like, what the fuck is happening? And then we see him unb- unbuckle his belt. He takes off his belt. I'm like, oh, this motherfucker's about to get naked. This guy's lost his mind. He unbuckles his belt, starts to take off his pants. And inside his pants was a table leg. And he looks at the, and he goes after him. And he goes, not today, my And he fucking beat the shit out of this kid. That line has stuck in my head forever. Right now, the part that I embellish in the story was when this fool got hit in his back and his back arched so hard that the back of his neck touched his ass. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, no shit. Yeah, like, that's the part that's a lie. The everything else is real. The line, not today, madi really happened. <laughs> and that could have been the lie. You know what I'm saying? He literally said, not today, madi foca. <laughs> that's the true part. <laughs> that's the true part. The part that I lied about is where the back of his neck touched his ass. You know what I'm saying? Oh
4: my god! And that's
3: a real story that happened. Yeah. So whether that part is real or true or not, it's still funny, and nobody gets hurt.
4: Right. Right. You know, I'm not making a thing about you. you know, would think that that's the part that you would make up because it's no, the
3: funniest sh- part. I'm not. I'm not smart enough to make that part up. That part's real. He that's literally so said. Good. Not today, Matifoka, and he beat this motherfucker with a table leg, <laughs> like straight up at the bus stop. An actual table leg. An actual table leg that was in his fucking pants. <laughs> And he had to take off eight layers to, eight layers. to get to it. I thought this dude was trying to fuck. I'm like, yo, what's going on? That guy never went to our school again.
4: He had a younger brother and he oh, moved to another school damn. too. I hope he's okay. I uh, Hopefully. Or he's a <laughs> fucking warlord somewhere else. Yeah, that's like, that's like literally like in Captain Phillips. That's like making up the line, I'm the captain now. Yeah. <laughs> but the ship really got pirated.
3: <laughs> He's known in, like, Africa because he went back. He has a tattoo that says fucking NTM. What What does that mean? (laughs) Not today, Matipoca. Everybody knows what this means here. I don't
4: care for Debesan. (laughs) I I hope he's out there telling the story and not leaving that part out. I hope that too. They're like, what'd you say? He's like, I didn't say anything. (laughs) (laughs) No, I was there. I heard what you said. (laughs) I would never say that. (laughs) You liar. I was a great Christian boy. I
3: never, I never raised my hand. David is out there
4: spreading rumors.
3: (laughs) (laughs) This stupid Asian boy keeps telling the story about me. I don't care. (laughs)
4: <laughs> Keeps on adding dialogue
3: <laughs> I did not say anything I swear motherfucker. I don't care <laughs> I didn't say
4: anything then Or today motherfucker
3: <laughs> What's that tattoo
4: on your head? Don't worry Not today motherfucker. <laughs> 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 he just says it all the time <laughs> no. You hungry? Not today motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Just all the time that's what he says for everything what a fucking guy, dude, oh man, I'm so glad that he stood up to his bullies, hell, yeah,
3: dude, it was, it was oh my God, I mean, they would roast the fuck out of this kid. I felt so. Wait, bad. Wait, were the other dudes also? They sounded like that too. No, the other guys. It was a black dude. So it was a black and oh, African okay. kid. <laughs> they were just fucking with. Us. And you know, back in the day, they would make they would make fun of like dark kids, like skin colors, all the time. I'm not yeah. talking about white people. I'm talking about black folk would make fun of like African dude skin colors all the <laughs> yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dog, I I I've used this joke before too, where this fool told this guy, <laughs> look, it's <laughs> not my joke but this is joke that he said to this kid and i really do think that this was like the last straw mm-hmm. and i'm not sure i can't remember the timeline but i was dying laughing and if you're asking me david why didn't you stand up for him i would have just got roasted <laughs> oh, so i'm just i got roasted every day for being a fat asian kid I'm going to sit the fuck down and be quiet. <laughs> so, when the when the fucking trauma went to somebody else, yeah. I just let it happen. <laughs> yeah. Cuz it was, it was it was either him or me. Why shift the energy, man? Exactly. But he said this shit to this kid one time, and I remember everybody was dying. He goes, <laughs> "It's I can't remember the exact line right now, but it was something along the lines of he was standing. He goes, he goes, "I can't tell if you're standing up or lying on the floor cuz then he pointed at a shadow." <laughs> That like the whole school fucking oh, died no. laughing. And the kid didn't speak much English. So he just kind of can't roast back. You know oh, what I'm saying? So he just kind of took that shit. And then just that one time where he was, just got sick of it. And the one time I heard him spoke because he never really talked was, Not today, my <laughs> And he beat the living shit out of him. And rightfully so. <laughs> Why I wonder why that day was it a holiday that he that is so funny he doesn't why know not English, that day but that was the only note thing he knows how to say. <laughs> <laughs> What's your name? No today my dear, I don't know. Right, tell me tomorrow, I guess. <laughs> you coming to work? Not today my dear, But he wants but to, to work so bad. But he's, he's at like, work.
4: Oh, I need to make money. <laughs> So you're not coming in, <laughs> not today, Matifoka. <my> <laughs> Dude, that's see, that's the thing. It's like embellishment. It it's not a across the board deal. Like yeah, th- those are three highly different situations. That first one, second and third one, completely different. Yeah, but that's a smart order he put it in to mm-hmm. like win you over with the first that you're like so drastically apologetic because we are, and then on the second one he's like, <laughs> Hey, smart thing of him, Dude. right? And once again. Hassan, I apologize for that
3: first part. The other two and three I think is a little shaky. <laughs> and look, you have a branding issue right now. You know? <laughs> yeah. If you're going to be a comic, be a fucking comic. Right. Right. Do that first. Make us laugh first. And then think about the other stuff second. But if you're coming out here saying that my objective is to make you laugh, you are failing. I'm super bad.
4: <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're embellishing anthrax situations. <laughs> like, what, what is that? With your That's daughter. only funny if you're lying. Yeah. <laughs> Like, if he made a
3: joke, it's like, dude, my daughter got fucking tricked by anthrax because she's fat as fuck. And she thought it was powdered sugar. Like, that is a fucking, you know what I'm saying? My fat fucking daughter keeps eating anthrax because she keeps thinking it's powdered donuts. Keeps eating anthrax? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's habitual. Yeah. That's like a funny version of the thing that could have been true, you know? Oh, my God. So, like, the Saudis dude. found out my daughter's fat, so they keep sending her fucking powdered donuts.
4: <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That makes sense. <laughs> they started labeling it anthrax. Yeah. Eat it. <laughs> maybe that would work. Do you Dude. know what I'm saying? Oh my god. Oh well. Anyway, maybe guys. you should go back to his specials and just like comedify everything. Yeah, it's like, maybe you should try this a little bit.
3: Maybe try this. Out. <laughs> Right, but once again, who am I to say anything? Right, like I'm not, I'm not in his yeah, realm. He's I'm, highly successful. Like, exactly, I, I, I have yeah. no right to say this because I'm just saying from a viewer's point and not from a stand-up comics view. I don't do stand-up anymore, but I just from a viewer yeah. point. Just, I'm talking from a consumer's
4: point of view. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
3: Not, not as some hoity-toity shit. I have no right to criticize him about stand-up because he is the one who's doing it, and he's a way better stand-up than I ever was. But uh, oh, well.
4: <laughs> that hurt to say that, didn't it? What are you talking about? I have IBS. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it kills every time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I hate to go after
3: that joke. <laughs> I would love to go after that joke. Hey, guys, so that was trash. Anyways. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> Everybody's going to hate me, and I just don't care. I don't care for the uh, Well, guess what? I'll just say not today, fucker.
4: But, yeah, I mean, even not being a stand-up comedian, like, it's easy to tell where the problem comes from. And mm-hmm. it's like, dude... That's the reason. It's yeah. because what you're saying is not considered comedy to everybody. Yeah. And the part you're lying about not the punchline or the joke or something I feel that like aids in it. If he would have done that and then ended with, like, this is where I
3: fucked up. Like, I do so much political shit yeah. that... I sometimes don't know if I'm being comedically funny or if I'm trying to do an emotional pull. And so that's my bad. Like, I got to really work on this comedy part because I keep thinking that everything is supposed to be funny, but it's not coming off that way. Mm-hmm. And so I, I get it, which he kind of does a little bit, but eh, I don't really know, man. Hey, <laughs> That's pretty- <laughs> And also, too, he's really good looking. So the other part, too, that kind of makes me feel weird. He's like, I'm this guy that nobody. You're good looking. I know. Dude. You can't play the underdog card. Yeah, I could. You know what I'm saying? I'm a little Kim jong uni here. You know what I'm saying? I'm a little side looking. You're good looking as fuck. Look at that facial hair, you fucking handsome fuck. I don't want to hear... Dude, he's highly handsome. Yeah, I don't want to hear a good looking guy tell me what it's like to be not wanted. Oh, do you? <laughs> Have you ever walked into a club looked at a girl and she threw up?
4: Huh? And I understand if his... And that like, really happened. If no. his <laughs> youth was different and his upbringing was like disadvantages, like, I get that. But yeah. it's like... From where you're you, sitting now, it's hard to... And by
3: the way, you were in Davis. There's so many Indians there. There's so many Muslim <laughs> Indians there, dude. I'm sorry. Like, I, I grew up in Sacramento, so I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so I don't know, man. I don't know what you're talking about. Anyways, guys. Hassan, once again, I apologize for the first half. That's <laughs> it. Um, genius brand every Sunday is at 12, 12 p.m. Ryan, plug your shit. <laughs> Ryan Graham on Instagram. And you can also see me on Just Kidding News. All the time baby Secret Society New launches out Make sure you guys Check that out That's S-C-R-T-S-O-C-I-E-T-Y Junbi matcha everywhere We have stores Opening up All over the place If you guys want a franchise uh, Leave it in the messages below And I'll link you To the right people Because we are Taking over Matcha baby Let's go <laughs> Well you gotta end it With your best IBS joke Okay so A real slammer My mom Had um, Asian hate And she got beat up And she broke her eye socket I have diarrhea <laughs> <laughs>
4: his masterclass (laughs) is going to be that
3: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, every sundays at 12 p.m we'll see you all next time peace
1: angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well i absolutely love this because you know if you own a home it can be really hard to maintain it's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small well